Good morning. It is Kaylee Company live for a Wednesday. Great to have you along with us on WKXL AM 1450, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Well, uh, yesterday we uh, touched a little on the most recent New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College survey, but we'll dive into it a little more deeply today as we chat with Neil Levesque, the executive director of the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College. Neil, good morning. Good morning, Ken. How are you? I am doing well. I understand traffic is heavy on the way to the Queen City this morning. Yes, if you're headed to Manchester from Concord, be very wise at the time. It was three miles an hour. Wow. About the whole way, yeah. And I, I bet they don't have traffic like that in Iceland, or do they? Uh, they do not, and everybody is very cheerful <laughs> if they did. So. <laughs> well, I, I know you were there uh, recently. Uh, how was it? It's great. You know, if you leave from Boston, it's a four-and-a-half-hour flight. It's pretty cheap, uh, and you're in Europe. And it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. So it's, uh, it, it, you know, you can kind of do it in three or four days. So uh, I think a lot of people that, that I've mentioned have say, oh, yeah, that's on my bucket list. Or we went there. It seems like a lot of people from New Hampshire uh, have either gone there or want to go. And I, I highly recommend it. Was that your first time? Uh, that was my first time. Yeah, that first was. time to Iceland. Yep. So how was, how was the fishing? Yeah, we we didn't fish because I was on my 25th wedding anniversary oh, trip. Oh, I see. Uh, and so I wanted to make it to 26, <laughs> so I did not fish. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but we had a really good meals. Reykjavik is gorgeous, really nice. Well, it's good really to know. Easy. Only four and a half hours from Boston. Now, that's, that's less time than it takes to uh, fly to the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the truth is, is that if you get on the Concord Trailways, and you get to for an international flight, it actually takes you longer to get into the plane seat than it does to get to Iceland. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Truly amazing. Well, Neil, it's been uh, kind of a tough stretch for uh, Republicans seemingly uh, everywhere, and including uh, New Hampshire, the recent survey from uh, the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College has all three congre- uh, congressional Democrats uh, that are running for re-election with uh, sizable leads right now. That's correct. And so what we've seen is that um, the Democrats for the past year or so have not been popular. Their favorabilities have been lower than their unfavorables. Uh, yet, despite the fact that they're unpopular, uh, the Republican challengers coming out of this primary are even more unpopular. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of, uh, you know, we kind of need to put some Prozac around the entire electorate as far as all of these candidates go and just make people happy. But uh, so the candidates at this point all have leads um, uh, between six and 14 points, six being Bullduck, uh and then eight being Levitt, uh, being upside down by eight, and then uh, Custer has a lead over her opponent, Bob Burns, by 14. So it's significant. Um, Some of this is that uh, Democrats 
have come home to their candidates. So if you uh, check in with Democrats, most of them are, are voting for their candidate versus uh, it's not all universal on the Republican side yet. And so that's a problem for some of these Republican candidates. Now, when you take the fact that Sununu is so popular and uh, he is uh, doing pretty well against his opponent, uh, when he when voters go to the polls and they vote for Sununu, they may end up uh, voting for the Republican candidate as well. So that's some good news for Republican candidates uh, as we go towards November the 8th. But that's about the only good news. Well, interestingly, if you take pocketbook issues, so if you take inflation, if you take uh, taxes and spending, these traditionally... Uh, will will benefit Republicans, particularly where the incumbent president, uh, he's not on the ballot, but uh, he's leading the country and he's not popular. Um, these would traditionally sort of help Republicans. However, what we're seeing is that, uh, you know, Senator Hassan, for example, is using a lot of advertising to sort of circumvent that, and she... Uh, her advertising makes the claim that she's she's was a fiscally re- responsible governor, uh, that she is uh, pro law enforcement. You know some of these other issues where she's trying to sort of dip her toe into the Republican side of thing or more conservative issues traditionally, and uh, that may also have an effect where she has the money to do that, and her opponent Don Bolduc doesn't necessarily have those resources. Right. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And the uh, congressional, the House of Representative races uh, right now lean heavily uh, toward the Democrats with uh, Chris Pappas, as you said, leading uh, Caroline Levitt in District 1. And in District 2, Annie Custer seems to be uh, a runaway over uh, Mr. Burns. Yes, two different different districts. And in the first district, of course, there's more Republican registrations. Uh, than there are in the second. So it traditionally would be easier, although Pappas does very well with independence at this point. And Levitt, um, interestingly, seems to be suffering a little bit uh, with uh, female voters. So uh, whether that is uh, what the cause of that um, is unknown, uh, female voters are concerned, uh, more concerned about abortion and the abortion issue. Uh, than male voters, and we found that if you ask voters, what's your number one issue that you're going to go to the polls on? And even after the Supreme Court ruling in June, that number was at 12%, and now 20%, so one out of every five voters is motivated on that uh, issue uh, of, of abortion. And so... It is going to have an effect. You know, you and I have been doing interviews for a long time, and you recall that we discussed last winter that, you know, Biden may be unpopular, this weighs down the Democrats, but if there's a Supreme Court ruling on abortion, that could really flip things 
on its head, and I think to some degree it really has. And, and it certainly has. There's, there's no doubt about that. Na- nationwide, not just here in New Hampshire, obviously. And, uh, you know, could, could uh, the fact that Pappas has the lead over uh, Caroline Levitt have, have something to do with, uh, you know, perhaps her ties to former President Trump? Well, this is re- rather interesting, because you think about the fact that Biden has been unpopular, so his favorables are are much lower than his uh, unfavor, or his unfavorables are much higher than his favorables. But if you compare him to Trump, same poll in New Hampshire, Trump is even more unpopular than Biden. And so, if you take that and you kind of look at it in the mirror, some of these Republican candidates they have a similar issue, similar problem. Uh, it's not like they're coming out of the gate of a primary and all of a sudden they're popular amongst, you know, all voters. Uh, they seem to be weighed down by something and it could be could be that Trump effect. A lot of them, they were not endorsed by Trump, but their themes of their campaigns uh, and the way that they embrace some of these issues are definitely uh, similar to the former president. And um, and. This is a big factor. Uh, Democrats and Democrat-leaning groups spent money uh, to get some of these, to to intervene, if you will, during the Republican primary and sort of link up these candidates to Trump, which, you know, on its head might have helped candidates win in a a primary, but now is actually hurting them uh, in the general election. Mm -hmm. So, so... Trump may be a winner in a primary, but not necessarily the winning recipe in a general election. Neil Levesque is with us, Executive Director of the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College. Neil, uh, will there be another poll come out uh, prior to the general election? Yes, we could do up to four more polls wow. between now and the general election. Um, we like to track, you know, the, if, and, and if listeners are interested in this, you can go online to the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College and see the poll data. And you can actually look at these cross tabs and say, boy, it's interesting how people who care about, say, abortion uh, or are, are this many Republicans, for example. And you can really nail down where some of the electorate is right now. Remember, it's just a snapshot. This is not a complete prediction. And it's 66 pages long, folks, so get ready for it. (laughs) Hey, Neil, I want to thank you for adjusting your schedule today to be with us. I hope you make it safely to your destination, and uh, we will talk again real soon. All right. Thank you very much, Ken. All right. Neil Levesque, Executive Director of the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College. And uh, you can go onto their website and uh, read the whole survey that they just completed. Or I found it uh, by going on WMUR.com and uh, linking to it there. So either way, it's 66 pages if you really want to get into the the roots of uh, what's going on politically here in the uh, state of New Hampshire. We'll have more Kale and Company coming up very shortly here on WKXL and online streaming around the world around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. K 
Kale and Company live here on WKXL 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 FM in Concord and vicinity, and 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Well, the uh, Class of 2022 New Hampshire Legends of Hockey induction ceremony is set to take place on Sunday, October 23rd at the uh, beautiful Grapponi Conference Center in Concord. All begins around 11.30 a.m. with a social hour. And uh, joining me today are two gentlemen who will, I'm sure, be in the house at the Grapponi Conference Center much earlier than 11.30. And uh, we're talking about Dick Boucher and uh, Roland Martin. And uh, we welcome you both to uh, Kale & Company. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. That, that is Dick. And Roland, just move in a little closer there, and uh, we will uh, be able to hear you better. But uh, you guys have uh, been around. Uh, you're members of the Board of Directors of the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey Hall of Fame. So, uh, Dick, uh, tell us how the organization first got started. Get a phone call from uh, Francoise Elise. She was on the board of directors. Actually, she was a, the executive director of the Franco American Center. Wanted to know if uh, I would be willing to meet with Jeff Eisenberg, who was the president of the Monarchs That's at right. the time. Yeah, he was looking to uh, expand, you know, the hockey in the state. So we met. We spent about twelve minutes listening to this guy, and he was really knowledgeable, as you know. And two things came out of this. One, he wanted to meet the pioneers of hockey. I said, well, you know, I'm the right age, 65 at that point. I can do that. And he said, well, the second one may not be so easy. And I said, what do you got in mind? He says, I want you to start a hockey hall of fame. I said, Jeff, I have no clue. I'll need some help. And that was in, I want to say, like maybe June of 2001. And we're now into our 21st year, and that's how we began this thing. I made a couple of phone calls to Berlin, my hometown, and talked to uh, my hockey coach, Al Adams, and I told him what was going to happen. He says, it's about time. So I got two more guys from Berlin, and I started making phone calls to Humili and got a hold of uh, uh, Gaudet. Yeah, yeah. In Dartmouth and the, the hockey heads and yeah, and Roland, and that's how we started. Like I said, this is our twenty-first year, and we're doing very well. The yeah, passion ab- is still there. Yeah, absolutely. So even though the Monarchs are not here, no, the uh, Legends of Hockey Hall of Fame is, is still around. We must tell people it's it's a a virtual uh, Hall of Fame in, in the sense that it is online only. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so they can't go looking for any physical place where they no. can look at all the artifacts, which is a shame. It's too bad there wasn't. That's I mean, at right. one time there was a place where you could go and, and check some uh, check out some of the artifacts. There, there were like we had like first uh, that first year, we had everything on display at the Franco American Center. Yeah, and that was quite uh, that was quite something. But uh, you're right. You know, we have a lot of stuff in storage. But uh, the great thing about this is that we take some of the stuff out of storage. We bring it to the Graponi Center, put them on display yep. for that social hour you're talking about. Right. And um, and people, like, you know, mill around and look, and and then everybody waits for the grand opening when the doors open, and you see 
I just pray. As you know, you've been there. I've you, been there a few times. You've yeah. been there a few, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a great uh, venue for it, it and is. a great opportunity to, to display some of those oh. artifacts. Uh, and uh, they are just incredible to see, and they go back a long way. You know, actually, we're just talking about this this morning, Roland and I. There's a hundred. We have 137 inductees, Roland. 137. And yes. um, 137. Yep. Yeah. To date, and um, uh, those that have attended, and those that would like to come, but they're they're just hesitant. Uh, I haven't heard of one. Once the doors open into the banquet hall and see all the jerseys of all the teams that yeah. we've honored, and you know you get the um, the screen on both sides, you know you're there, and they all say, "Wow, yeah. it's pretty cool." It is. It's very and cool. So for those that you know never met, never came, perfect time to do it. It really is. No time like the present. And right. we're going to be getting into uh, very shortly uh, some of the dignitaries that are going to be there. Exactly. And there are going to be quite a few. Yes, yes, you are. As always, it's a terrific class of people that are going to be uh, inducted into the uh, New Hampshire Legends Hockey Hall of Fame. And, uh, and Roland, your involvement was from the start as well? Very much from day one. From day one? Yes. There's only three of us left from day one. That's uh, the two of us and uh, Pierre Belanger. Yes, Pierre Belanger. Everybody knows him. Everybody, everybody knows Pierre. <laughs> In fact, I think Pierre officiated the first ever World Hockey Association game. That's he was right. the referee for That's the right. first WHA game. That's right, exactly. And then for many years was the head of the off-ice officials yep. for the Manchester Monarchs. And has had a great career in officiating, and uh, he, he did. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about that. So you were the the, the three originals. That's the right. Th the original. three amigos. That's right. Yeah, we're still there. Yeah. We're still <laughs> passionate yeah. about that. You have to love this stuff. You know, you got to love it. And I know Dick, you're from Berlin originally. Yeah, we both are. You both are, and yeah. Pierre too, and, isn't uh, he? Yes. Yeah. So so, the, uh, so it all hockey all starts in Berlin in New Hampshire, right? Pretty much the cradle of. The cradle of hockey. Now that we're on the subject of Berlin, yes, and we were talking about a, a hockey uh, hall of fame museum, right? The Berlin uh, Historical Society at the Moffat House is dedicating uh, a room to Berlin hockey hall of famers. Oh wow! And wow. only hockey. Hall of Famers. Wow. So it will yeah. be a place where... In uh, Berlin, yeah. In yep. Berlin. Oh, that's terrific, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, perhaps a possibility we could get someplace in uh, in uh, the more southern tier of, uh, of New Hampshire. It could happen because, you know, like Roland was saying, somebody had to start it, and it was one of our, in fact, first inductee, Rob Blackburn, probably heard the name. Oh, sure. UNH, yeah. you know, yeah. American, passed away and uh, left some money for this to happen. So the grand opening will be December 10th, yes. and uh, there's quite a few that have passed on, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, you know, knock on wood, maybe you can I'll make the trip or something. Yeah, yeah, but, up to uh, Berlin and, and yeah. see it. And it would be wonderful if you could have, you know, uh, you know, a spot in southern New Hampshire as well for some of the artifacts to be displayed. And uh, I've always thought... Uh, e even going beyond the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey, I, th I would think it would be terrific to have a, a New Hampshire Sports Hall of Fame, period. 
You know? You know, there was, there was talk about that at one point. Yeah. And I think Jeff Eisenberg was in on this, yep. if I recall. And um, it never went anywhere. Right. Yep. And so it, it might be a good thing, but I think, you know, there were – Hockey is uh, is our thing. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely, you know, so. yeah, and and I think hockey would be featured uh, most prominently yeah. in the Sports Hall of Fame uh, in New Hampshire, uh, because this is where the the first hockey game. We're sitting about a less than a mile yeah. away. That's right. From where the first hockey game in the United States. Yep. Was ever played at yes. St. Paul's School? Exactly. Yeah. Unbelievable, huh? And, and we're, we're less like less than a mile away from yeah, where right. that took place, that, even as we amazing. speak. Yeah. I know. It's just amazing. Yeah. So New Hampshire really is the the cradle of uh, of hockey for the entire country. Well, you know, actually, well, like the uh, the model, if you want to if you want to use that word. Yeah. And you know, getting back to the legends, most most of the work that we do. It's all centered with for kids hockey, just just to promote the game. Yeah. That's our yeah. that's our mission statement. And um, I, I'll tell you very honestly, Kenny, I, I never thought when we get this thing going that twenty one years. I figured maybe five we'll be doing fine. And you at some of our meetings, the passion is there. We don't always agree on things, but we agree to disagree, and yeah. we get this thing going, and the passion is there, and. And here we are. I can just tell with you guys here in the studio today how much the passion is still there. And uh, we still have a lot of time to talk about what's going to happen uh, in Concord at the Grapponi Conference Center on Sunday, the 23rd of October, starting at 1130 with the uh, social hour. But uh, tickets have to be purchased soon, and we'll tell people about that uh, in just a few minutes when we continue right here with uh, Dick Boucher and Roland Martin of the New Hampshire Legends Hockey Hall of Fame right here on WKXL. It's Kale and Company on 1450 AM, 103.9 in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We welcome back our guests, Dick Boucher and Roland Martin of the New Hampshire Legends Hockey Hall of Fame, and they have been with us uh, with the organization since uh, day one back in 2001, the first year of the Manchester Monarchs when they came to town, and uh, former Monarchs President Jeff Eisenberg was a, a driving force behind it, uh, as well as uh, Pierre Belanger, who was, uh, for as long as the Monarchs were in Manchester, the, uh, the head of the off-ice officials. And, uh, you know, that's something, Roland, and uh, you were an off-ice official, and that's uh, something that people I don't think uh, know that much about or, or really appreciate. But those, those are some of the hardest-working guys in the building, the off-ice officials. On that one, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's that's a responsible job, and you know, keeping track of everything that's going on statistically and and what have you. It's it's really something. And I'll tell you what, I would not want to be a goal judge. That's one thing I would not want to be. It's a lot easier than 
the average person would would realize. Because you think so? Yeah, yes, yeah. Maybe that, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as the puck has to be over the line. Yeah. Simple as that. I mean, fully over the line, and that's it. But despite that, there were any number of controversies over the years, uh, you know, and, and it happens everywhere. Uh, but uh, during Monarchs games and, and what have you, but uh, at any rate, uh, we, we applaud those off-ice officials, uh, very much unheralded, but uh, but certainly uh, doing a, a terrific job behind the scenes. And uh, were you there for the entire time, Roland? Not the entire, no. entire time. Uh only when uh, the Monarchs uh, became an ECHL yeah. level club. Right, right. And what people have to realize with the off-ice officials is when you talk about all of the player stats, yeah. that's where it comes from. Right. <laughs> you have to determine uh, the assists and so on, and, and uh, that's not always an easy thing to do. All the plus minus. Yeah, plus and, minus yes. and everything else. So, you know, the players are very reliant on you as well. That's right. Uh, for sure. I'm sure sometimes uh, players players complain when they don't get an assist on a goal that they think they should have had an assist on or that, that sort of thing. And that is why you see us go into the uh, into the uh, uh, video room yeah. to look at what happened yeah. after uh, between periods right. to verify because you've got coaches and players who complain that yeah. they should have gotten the, the assist or the goal and – this is where it's yeah. It's just like being uh, an official scorer for a baseball game. You know, there you know, the, the hitters always want you know a, a a borderline thing to to be a hit, a borderline play to be a hit. Pitchers always want it to be an error. You know, you get that with baseball and uh, guys looking for assists in hockey and that sort of thing. So, you know, these people who work behind the scenes don't get too much credit, but uh, they they have a very responsible job and sometimes uh, you know a controversial one. Uh, as well. But uh, Dick Boucher and Roland Martin are here. We're talking about a great event, if you're just joining us, that comes up on Sunday, October 23rd, starting at 1130 with uh, the social hour uh, at the Grapponi Conference Center, great uh, facility in Concord. And uh, Dick and Roland will be there. And uh, the inductees are just uh, terrific, as always, including uh, Chris Brown, who is uh, founder and organizer of the great uh, 1883 Black Ice Pond Hockey Tournament uh, in Concord, which has been around now for uh, many years. And uh, Chris has been the driving force behind that. And, of course, you know, the 1883 Black Ice Tournament commemorating the, you know, the first ever hockey game that was played uh, in this country at St. Paul's School. So Chris will be uh, one of the inductees. Uh, David Flint, a Merrimack native, longtime head coach of the uh, women's hockey program at Northeastern University, uh, will be uh, inducted, as well as uh, Dave Lasson, the USA Hockey's national goaltending coach who grew up in Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, Tom Moulton, a longtime uh, Seacoast resident and assistant coach to Rick Middleton of the uh, 2002 U.S. Paralympic gold medal winning sled hockey team. And uh, the late Ryan Frew, a, a Concord native who played on uh, championship teams from Concord High School and later went on to coach the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs until his death uh, in 2020. So, again, a, a wonderful class. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing uh, that, 
you know, every year uh, the, the classes are just incredible uh, of people who have uh, been contributors to hockey, players uh, who have made their mark, uh, uh, contributors and builders and media people, and uh, they're all involved in the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey uh, Hall of Fame. So do uh, either one of you, Dick or Roland, have any personal thoughts about some of the inductees uh, this year? Well, uh, you've got uh, Ryan Frew, who yep. played uh, not only Concord, and I believe he played with... Uh, Tara Mounsey. Tara Mounsey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also played for uh, Southern New Hampshire University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then he uh, coached uh, the Junior Monarchs. Right, And yeah. brought him to national-level uh, play right. uh, several times. Uh, yeah. Of course, his untimely debt uh, was well a beloved coach. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, you know, and he uh, is he is missed by so many. He had an impact on on so many lives, uh, you know, that uh, came through that great program. How about you, Dick? Any personal recollections of uh, some of the pl- people that will be honored on uh, Sunday, the twenty third? I do. In fact, uh, just looking at the Chris Brown, his uh, his bio and. Uh, Get excited here a little bit. And so um, I've known Chris for many, many years, and he's been a great, other than the uh, Black Ice Tournament chairman or founder, he has been a great contributor to the, you know, New Hampshire Legends of Hockey Hall of Fame. Two events a year, yeah. big sponsors, and... Um, Matter of fact, Jim Hayes. We can't forget Jim Hayes. Oh, Jim Hayes. Uh, he he is. He's been a driving force for years. You know, there is no words, there is no name that can actually justify the kind of amount of work that he does. And you're gonna talk, you're gonna dot the i's and cross the t's with this guy. He's a detailed guy. But getting back to uh, to Chris Brown, uh, I've been to a few of the uh, Black Ice tournament uh, over the years. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, I was there one time when uh, uh, Governor Lynch uh, and Tommy, Tommy Champagne and a guy by the name of Barney Colgan, those guys play for the old Concord Sacred Heart team and uh, dropped the puck. So I had a chance to interact. Yeah. And it, that, that, that's a lot of fun. A yeah. lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. A little, a little side story with that. You'll probably remember, remember the name of Mike Durant. Oh, yeah. Mike Durant. So he's a relative of Marwood's. So anyway, I I left Berlin before he went into the military, and so um, I I knew he was going to come up from Tennessee with a, a club called Eighty Eight Proof. Okay, whatever that is, right? <laughs> whatever so, that is. Yeah. I know. So anyway, I I wanted to meet him, and so when I get there, it was on the ice, and uh, I uh, I went over and I said, "Look, my name is Dick Boucher, and we're related," and I kind of put. You know, the, the relatives and perspective and great chat. Yeah. As he was leaving, going into the tent, I'm just sitting there and I'm saying, I wonder how many people really know the story of this guy because, you know, Somalia, prisoner, you know, he was a, I mean, really, what yeah. a story. So, you know, you kind of put that, you know, in the Chris Brown things that he did. Yep. No, so, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God! You know, so many and, people. And that is such a, a great event every year oh. at uh, White Park in, in Concord, it and uh, you know it's become a tradition. And, and as you said, teams come from all, all over, over 
to right. uh, to compete in that event every year uh, in Concord since uh, since its founding. It's been going on now for uh, any number of years, and uh, it will continue to. And yeah. Yeah, made it through COVID and everything. Oh, so, yeah, no yeah, kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Great. exactly. Now, we, we mentioned Jim Hayes, and uh, yes. I, I think Jim may be listening today. I don't know, but... Uh, I hope he does. But, uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> at any rate, did, tickets uh, are on sale now, but uh, not for much longer. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. I think the... the uh, October 11th, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. okay. So that's the cutoff point. So yeah. he's the guy to contact. And uh, if you want to get tickets to this great event, uh, it's Hayes, yeah. H-A-Y-E-S 743 at Comcast.net. Yeah. Or you can give Jim a call at uh, 603-731-4168. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Jim Hayes will have the tickets for you. And uh, you know, Jimmy is uh, very busy all the time organizing this event. And then, uh, especially on the day of the event. Oh, my God. You know, you've been there. I have been there. I have seen how hard he works. Uh, yes, he does. And not just on the day of the event, but uh, yeah. putting this thing together and uh, and making it happen. Uh, and he's done a fantastic job uh, over the years. We're coming up on another break, but we'll continue with more and talk uh, more about the legends of hockey uh, here in New Hampshire with a couple of legends themselves, Dick Boucher and uh, Roland Martin. And we'll be back right after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Don't you dare touch that dial. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in the Manchester area and beyond, and online at nhtalkradio.com. Lots of fun this morning to have Dick Boucher and Roland Martin in studio from the New Hampshire Legends Hockey Hall of Fame. And uh, we know that Jim Hayes is listening because the deadline to get tickets is October 15th. October 15th. So you still have a little time, but you don't want to put it off uh, too much longer. And again, it's Hayes743 at Comcast.net, or you can call Jim at 603-731-4168. And my suggestion is... To bring the family. I mean, this is an event you don't want to miss. If you have any interest in hockey at all, uh, and you you mentioned, Dick, what a colorful experience uh, this is. Every year, uh, one of the amateur teams in the state is honored. This year, it's Kimball Union Academy from Meriden. And uh, what uh, a history of hockey uh, they have at, uh, at Kimball Union. I mean, it goes way, way back. In fact, they are celebrating uh, right now 125 years of hockey. That's 87 years for the boys' team and 38 for the girls. But what an incredible uh, tradition they have at Kimball Union. No doubt about that. And they will be honored. They will be the honoree, the team that uh, is honored by the legends this October 23rd. Actually, uh, we always have on display... We add their jersey to the many jerseys. The long line, the yes, yeah. And then they, they give a commemorative uh, puck yeah. with their logo. And it's, uh, you know, it's really, it's quite amazing when you walk into that room and you see all, you know, everything that's there. Many, many people have come to me and said, boy, this is awesome. You know, this is really, really good. I never thought it was going to be this way. 
Yeah. So uh, uh, it's an amazing event. It, I mean, it, it really yeah. is, and I, I am so proud that I've been affiliated with it for a number of years now, and it's uh, always one of the highlights uh, of my year. And we talked about the the inductees. There's also going to be a, any number of uh, special guests uh, in attendance. Uh, Bruins great Rick Middleton, uh, another former Bruin. Uh, Bruce Crowder is going to be there, former Dartmouth hockey coach Bob Gaudette, uh, former UNH hockey coach Dick Umilly, and all of them are members of the Legends uh, Hall of Fame. And in addition to them... Uh, how about uh, former Hockey East Commissioner Joe Bertania yep. uh, and uh, former Bruin Kenny Linsman, the rat. They used to call <laughs> oh, Kenny Linsman, the rat. <laughs> and, uh, and also, how about this? 1980 yeah. USA gold medal winning hockey team captain, Mike Aruzioni. What a day. That's special. Yeah. That is really special. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, it really is. And, and you think about that, it seems like, I mean, with the memory of that 1980 uh, victory uh, first on on Friday over Russia, then the gold medal game. But yeah. what a run that was! And uh, Mike Ruzioni was the captain, and uh, never uh, never played uh, in the NHL or in professional hockey. Right. Uh, and uh, I guess he wanted to leave his legacy just as it was. Yeah, smart yeah. move. Yeah, it, it really move. was. And uh, so he is going to be there as well. And uh, yeah, Rick Middleton will be there, and uh, Rick is going to be there. Uh, in support of uh, Tom, Tom Moulton, Moulton. Yep. I mean, yes. who was uh, Rick's assistant with the uh, Paralympic yep. uh, hockey team in 2002 that won the gold medal. He did. And I remember I, the first year I was with the Monarchs, which was the, the first year of the franchise in 2001-2002, my color commentators on the radio were Pat Burns and Rick Middleton. And the first game I ever did, the first professional game I ever did was in Lowell, when, as the Monarchs opened up on the road, as you'll remember, for uh, 14 games before the arena right. was finished. And so they played their first 14 on the road, and the first one was in Lowell. And that, that first night, my color commentator was the legendary, the late, great Pat, Pat Burns, Burns, sitting next to me for my first professional hockey broadcast, which was kind of intimidating. Yep. You know, I'd done many high school games yeah. and college games, what have you. But to sit there with the legend, Pat Burns, you know, who at that time had already coached the Bruins, Montreal, That's Toronto, right. you know, oh, yeah. and it was uh, just an absolute legend. And then went on to coach New Jersey right. uh, to a Stanley Cup. But uh, he, he was great. He used to like to go to Quebec City because they had great hot dogs yep. there. And, <laughs> and But, but Rick Middleton, uh, in particular, uh, taught me. So much, so much, yeah. and uh, you know, hockey guys. I and I've been around athletes from uh, from most of the sports, and there's there are no fraternity or, or no even more down to earth guys than the hockey players. It's true. You know, it, it, it is. really is, and and I don't know why that is, but it, it, it that is very true. And there's no more down to earth guy than Rick Middleton. Uh, and, you know, I used to go with him. We used to go on the road, and he'd go to Providence, for example. People would come up to him with these notebooks full of hockey cards, and like 20 or 30 of them would be Rick Middleton yep. cards. And he would sign each and every one of them very patiently, yep. one of the nicest guys you'll ever want to meet. That's for sure. Yeah. That's but that's sure. true of so many yep. uh, hockey players and coaches, yep. without a doubt. Why do you think that is? 
about Rick Middleton. Well, no, I just mean just in general. Why, you know, it seems like hockey players are the most down-to-earth athletes uh, that we have. Well, maybe I can answer that just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, and I've heard that before. And I don't think it's, uh, I think it's something to actually acquire. You know, you you, you watch the, the, we grew up watching hockey. Yeah. Growing up in Berlin was like, man, if I can make the Berlin Maroons, I've... You've made it. I've you, you, made you it. You've made it. And, but there's always, uh, they're, they're humble people, you know. Yeah. Most of them are coming from a working class family, and playing hockey is something that they did. Sec- but uh, then you get at the pro level, and they seem to keep their their humbleness, which yeah. is... I remember one time I hear a story about Bobby Orr, and it really, it really sunk home. And... Um, this he was he met in fact it was Matthews that played for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and somebody asked Matthews, "Well, really, what did uh, Bobby Orr say to you that stands out? Be humble. Yeah, remember where you came from. Right. And exactly. I said, man, yeah. that that says a lot you know, from a guy like Bobby Orr. Right. So, uh, and yeah. I think it's probably true of most. You know, uh, it, most it truly players. is. Yeah, yeah. It, it really and truly is. But. Uh, I tell you what, this is a, such an amazing event. It seems to get uh, bigger and better every year. And uh, again, you guys certainly have been involved from day one, and along with uh, Jeff Eisenberg and and uh, Jim Hayes works hard uh, around the calendar to uh, he, he to uh, to keep this alive and uh, get everything together, the program book, uh, everything else that goes with it. And if you know, again, if you have never experienced the the banquet. Uh, why not make it, uh, you know, this year? Because uh, it's going to be terrific. It's and a great class. It's a great class. And great uh, celebrities are going to be there from the hockey world that you'll have a chance to chat with uh, as well. Everybody always seems to be willing to chat here at this uh, at this event. And it's one for the entire family. It is. It really and truly is. It really is. And uh, it, it's an opportunity to, uh, you know, expose your youngsters to a, a great fraternity of individuals and uh, it's October 23rd, but tickets have to be ordered by October 15th. So there, so there you go. And I'll, I'll give uh, Jim's information out one more time. Jim Hayes at uh, Hayes743, H-A-Y-E-S-743 at Comcast.net or 603-731-4168. So it's uh, really a hockey fan's delight. And uh, you get to see a lot of artifacts on display, as you mentioned earlier, Dick and uh, Roland. And uh, just a fabulous time to spend with your family, you know. And there were so many great hockey families in this area. And I'm sure some have never uh, attended the banquet. Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of them. But, you know, this is the perfect opportunity, and uh, it's a great day. They'll never forget it. And I'm noticing that you're wearing your... uh, Hall of Fame ring. I have my ring on. Yes, I do. Well deserved. Wear it proudly. Yes, I yeah. know you do. And uh, it is a, a, a great, uh, you know, great association to uh, to be involved in. And uh, I, I always look forward to the day that I get a chance to uh, interview all the inductees and some of the other celebrities that uh, right. that are on the scene. And and uh, a couple of times have uh, you know hosted the event as well, been the That's MC. Right. And That's it's right. 
Always a thrill for me. Last year, they brought the Stanley Cup in. That's right. That was uh, quite a moment. That was. That really was. was. Lots of people had a chance to have their picture taken with the Stanley Cup. Absolutely, yeah. So that's not going to happen this year, but uh, you're going to have Mike Ruzioni there and get your picture taken with uh, a true legend. Oh, absolutely. That 1980 uh, U.S. Olympic hockey team that won the gold medal. So. Lots of reasons to, uh, you know, get those tickets, and uh, let's let's pack the uh, Grapponi, uh, the Grapponi Center this October the 23rd with everything starting at 11:30 a.m. Dick Boucher, Roland Martin, thanks so much for being with us today. Time flies when you're having fun. We sure. Thank you. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks for having us. You are both most welcome. And just by the way, if you missed it last night. Aaron Judge did hit number 62. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I tell you, I think we, we saw a lot of Aaron Judge at bats uh, leading up to 61 and 62, but it's it's over now. He it's is done. the all-time home run leader in the American League in terms of uh, regular season, in terms of uh, one season with 62 uh, edg- edging out uh, Roger Maris. Yep. So that'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to uh, Neil Levesque, Dick Boucher, and Roland Martin for making it a great show. And we will see you again tomorrow just after 8 o'clock. If you missed any of this program, we'll repeat it for you just after 7 o'clock tonight here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Make it a great Wednesday.